1: to McDavid, score! Nugent Hopkins did not like that hit on Kyler Yamamoto and Lance, a clubbing right hand that fells just Hall. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law rogers place tonight we got a game coming up the edmonton oilers hosting the arizona coyotes the oilers chasing their fifth consecutive victory the coyotes will not be going to the postseason but they were 6-0-2 over an eight game stretch before being beaten by the winnipeg jets last night so they are a bit of a dangerous opponent here as the Oilers inch closer towards nailing down a playoff spot and still trying to stay within shouting distance of Los Angeles and Vegas who are at the top of the division the only other NHL game tonight starts in a few minutes it's the Penguins and the Avalanche it is a double header for TNT in the states, so that's why we have such a late game here in Edmonton, I'm going to transition to the face-off show at 7 o'clock. The uh, puck is not slated to drop tonight until 8.52 p.m., almost uh, 9 o'clock here in Edmonton before we get this game going, but we will have it for you and uh, all the storylines as we roll along tonight. I was mentioning last night about that uh, the website MoneyPuck, moneypuck.com. You've maybe checked that out in your travels on the Internet, looking into uh, hockey analytics or projections or things like that. And uh, Money Puck really, really likes the Edmonton Oilers. So I I got in touch with the creator of Money Puck, a gentleman named Peter Tanner, and he's going to join me between 6.30 and 7 because I wanted to know not just why the model that he puts together is quite favorable when it looks at the Oilers but also how he gets a site going like that what prompted him to say hey I'm gonna start money puck and uh you know look into things sort of uh, analytically numbers wise with some things going on in the NHL it's a pretty cool website I like checking it out so he's gonna uh, check in a little bit later on the NHL Players Association put out the results of its uh players poll today 626 players or surveyed a bunch of topics I'm not going to go over all of them but a couple of big ones and uh, uh, some Oilers players two in particular I'm sure you could guess uh, guess who came up in a few of the categories one of the questions was in a must-win game which forward do you think would be most impactful so in a must-win game which forward would be most impactful 59.3% of the respondents said Connor McDavid He was the runaway leader there. Sidney Crosby at 11%. Nathan McKinnon rounding out the top three at 8.4%. So McDavid just under 60%. So three out of every five players saying, yeah, in in a game seven situation, one game to keep your season going, win the cup or whatever, you'd want McDavid as a forward. The goaltender in a sim, uh, similar situation, I don't think this will re, uh, surprise anybody either. And he, he didn't get as many votes as McDavid, but he won by a larger margin. So in, a, in a, if you need to win one game, who's the goalie you want on your team? Guy who has a couple of Stanley Cups, Andre Vasilevsky from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Then it drops down to 4.8% at Igor uh, Shesterkin from the New York Rangers. And rounding out the top three, still on still prominently on this list, even uh, late in his career, Mark andre Fleury checked in at 40% of the votes. So basically McDavid and Vasilevsky, the pick uh, for one guy you want in the clutch in a tough game. Top defenseman of the game, uh, no surprise here, Kale McCarr had almost 64% of the vote. couple other Oilers-related categories or, or categories in which Oilers popped up. Best stick handler, Patrick Kane, now the New York Rangers at 46 46- And then it was McDavid. He came in at 28.7. And then the third-place guy uh, dropping all the way down to 3.8% is McKinnon. So Kane, a pretty solid win there. And then McDavid coming in at 28.7. The best passer in the National Hockey League. Now, this was a little closer. But Leon Dreisaitl took first place in the poll at 25%. Then it was Patrick Kane at 13%. Nikita Kucherov of the Lightning, who's hit 100 points, 10.5%. And McDavid in the top five in this one as well. He was 7.7%. Uh, and McDavid also showed up fourth on the NHLPA poll. Who is the most complete player? Crosby still number one, 30%. Patrice Bergeron from the Bruins, 19%. McDavid fourth at 11%. Alexander Barkoff, the outstanding member of the Florida Panthers, was uh, was third. Now, here's another one. This is an interesting one to me. Which player do you least enjoy playing against but would like to have on your team? Brad Marchand, 36.5%. So some guys went for skill, and some players voted for irritants who are also pretty good players. McDavid was second in this one at 15.6%. Tom Wilson, who's been uh, a villain against a lot of teams over the course of his career, he came in at 8.1%. So uh, kind of some fun stuff for this poll. Rogers Place was voted the second best ice in the National Hockey League. The Bell Center first, 35%. Rogers Place coming in at 14.7%. Another Canadian rink, Canada Life Center in Winnipeg, just over 10%. So that rounded out the top three. They also did, I can't believe I'm even going to talk about this. Uh, They also did some off-ice questions, including who has the best shoe game? So they really went uh, they, they really went for it here you know who do you want in a game seven who's the what goalie do you want who's the best passer best stick handler oh and by the way who ha- who wears the best shoes well the leafs won something austin matthews had this one 9.1 percent must have been spread around quite a bit david posternak from the bruins was second and uh, Clayton Keller, who you're going to see tonight for the Arizona Coyotes, came in at 2.9%. I should I have should have uh, lingered by the Coyotes dressing room as they're walking in tonight and got a picture of Keller's shoes. So, fun stuff and also interesting to see what the players think about their colleagues and clearly as no surprise, clearly as you can see McDavid and Dreisaitl very, very uh, well respected around the NHL. Uh, why wouldn't they be? They are the Top two scores in the NHL. So that's the uh, uh, just a quick look at the uh, the fun players poll as we get rolling tonight. Just a one-hour edition of Inside Sports, and then uh, I'm going to head down to Studio 99 during the seven o'clock news and bring you the Face Off Show from there. You can always get in touch 780-496-0063, and that is the hotline for Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, Store Canadian. Head to SentinelStorage.ca. All right, so the Coyotes coming into town here, and i got to be honest with you here. I I remember sitting up here in this very booth before the season started, and uh, Stauffer and I were up here. I don't know if we were getting ready for a preseason game or just one of us was getting ready for a show, and, and we were talking up here, and I said, Bob, do you think either Arizona or Chicago... Do you think one of them might not even get to 20 wins? And Bob said, "No, they'll they'll get to 20 wins. They you know they might not get much more than that." Well, Chicago has got to 24 wins. They are second last in the Western Conference. And I should say this: like to not even win 20 games, that's pretty bad. That hardly ever happens. I I mean, you know, if there've been some bad teams, unfortunately, some bad teams here in Edmonton over the years. In a full season, I mean, they usually get to at least the mid 20s in wins everybody's won at least 20 games this season, except San Jose, who the Oilers beat in overtime the other night, they're 19, 37 and five. But I would have thought either Arizona or Chicago is gonna finish last in the Western Conference. Well, Arizona said not so fast. I mean, they had to start the the season with almost every game on the road for the first couple of months. So they fell into this huge hole. They're not good on the road, they're 7, 22 and eight are the uh, Arizona Coyotes. They are the only team in the Western Conference with single-digit road wins and one of only two teams in the league. Columbus only has nine road wins. You know, it, but here's the thing. If if Arizona had scratched out even five more wins on the road, they, they'd still have a, a pretty poor road record. They'd only be eight points out of a playoff spot, which, you know, you're probably getting in but th- they've 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 separated themselves from the bottom tier in the Western Conference, which to me is now the bar was pretty low. But they've overachieved. You got San Jose 53 points, Chicago 54, Anaheim 56, Arizona has 65 points. Arizona is two points behind the Vancouver Canucks. Arizona is three points behind the St. Louis Blues. Now none of those teams are going to the playoffs, um, but. This this is an Arizona team that the, the head coach has praised Andre Tourneur for the work that he has done, and they've taken advantage of home ice at Mullet Arena, which the Oilers will finally see for the first time on Monday. and And I know what most of you think about it. Why is their team there? Five thousand fans, but they've they've been good. They've been twenty eleven and three at home ice. That that's not bad. Like like I said, if they had a little bit better road record, they they could at least you know have a have a hail mary chance at a playoff spot going into the final 10 or 11 games so and they're 27 33 and 11 on the season so i think this team represents a tougher opponent than the san jose sharks on monday night and you saw what happened in that game the oilers needed a late goal from Matias ekholm to tie it and then they had to win in overtime oh and by the way the oilers had to go to video review three times to get goals waved off i so that one was fun to watch Clearly not a game that uh, was indicative of how the Oilers need to play in the postseason or against better opponents. I think this is a more dangerous team tonight. Uh, I mean, they've their goaltenders don't have eye-popping stats, but they've been pretty solid for them. And here's the thing for Arizona. Like they, they traded Jacob Chickren and they got rid of uh, Gostas Bear, and they're still doing okay. Like I said, they were 6-0-2 in their previous eight games until they won in Winnipeg last night. Also keep that in mind. They were in Winnipeg last night. This is a rare back-to-back. I I can't remember the the last time the Oilers had somebody in Winnipeg the night before a game. Certainly you see Calgary-Edmonton back-to-backs. Certainly sometimes you see Vancouver-Edmonton back-to-backs. The only other time I can think of an Edmonton Winnipeg back to back, I guess I don't have to go back very far because it was earlier this season. But it was the Oilers and the Jets. They played here in Edmonton and then went to Winnipeg to finish off a home and home the next day. I know Arizona uh, gained an hour or gained an hour, but that's you know a couple hour flight Winnipeg to Edmonton and sort of an unusual start time I think for for both teams involved tonight since we're not going to drop the puck to 8:52 at Rogers Place. So, you know I I think being at home not having traveled. Uh, and that kind of stuff helps the Oilers tonight. But I, I do think this is going to be maybe a little bit of a pesky Arizona team to play against tonight. And I know what happened earlier in the season. The Oilers absolutely crushed the Coyotes 8-2 when they played uh, back on December 7th. But I think Arizona is is a bit of a different team than them. And, and I think, again, as the Oilers should be against all teams, they got to be a, l- a little bit careful taking on this team tonight. Okay. We're going to get to Peter Tanner between 6:30 and 7. We'll get the story behind MoneyPuck.com. Happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chad. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 6:30, Chad.
0: process that we believe in. We spend a lot of time studying what gets called uh, around the league. Um, we ask a lot of questions. Upon video review there was goaltender interference. Therefore we have no goal. When you do your work like that, when the pressure time comes, we have a process that we follow and tonight we were proven right on a few. And Upon video review the play was deemed to be offside. It wouldn't happen without uh, Jeremy and and Noah.
1: A little bit of a montage from the game on Monday night. Disallowed goal after disallowed goal. Three of them disallowed thanks to Oilers challenges. One of them was uh, an Oilers goal was disallowed because of a San Jose challenge. That was was just a weird night the other night. All the disallowed goals and uh, San Jose you know, out playing the Oilers for most of the game, but then the Oilers kind of taking over the puck in the third period and then out shooting San Jose 9-3 in overtime before they got the victory. So the Oilers are 8-2 and in their last 10. I'm going to tell you something that you should remember here. In the month of March, the Oilers have an 800 points percentage. That's really good. That's tied for third in the NHL in March with uh, Minnesota. The two teams ahead of the Oilers in the Wild in March are in the Pacific Division. L.A. is 889 this month. Vegas is 818. And it's very likely the Oilers will play one of those two teams in the playoffs. So the, the Oilers are, are staring down a situation here where they could be one of the hottest teams in the NHL going into the postseason and have to play a team that finished the year better than they did. Now I know there's still 10, 11 games left for most teams, but you, you got to remember that. I, like we get asked a lot, I get asked on this show, Browning, I get asked uh, after games. You know, who who do you want the Oilers to play? Well, every opponent is tough. To me, LA would be especially tough if the Oilers have to play them, but it could also wind up being Vegas, and they're doing really well here down the stretch. And Jay Woodcroft commented today on uh, how difficult it's been to separate in the standings.
0: Well, I would say that we don't do a whole lot of scoreboard watching in the sense that we're not concerned about what, other teams are doing. That doesn't mean we're not aware of what's going on around um, the league or the Pacific Division. Um, I mentioned yesterday how uh, two out of the top three teams in the Pacific Division are eight and two in their last ten. One of them is eight zero oh, and two. Um, so we're aware of that. Like we're we understand that, but we put our focus and our concentration on our game, making sure that our game is going to be ready when it counts. And uh, in our last ten games, we haven't been perfect but we are eight and two we we have beaten teams like toronto boston dallas winnipeg seattle play all playoff position teams um so there's lots of good but there's lots of areas of improvements as well all right a little bit there from
1: jay woodcroft and another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I guess I put it as difficult but not impossible for the Oilers to move into one of the top two spots in the division. You know, I've I've always said that I I believe if you are four points or more behind a team once you get to the month of March, it's going to be pretty hard to catch them. I'm usually talking about that in the context of trying to reel somebody in for a playoff spot, but I think I have to be consistent with my logic and use that for other positioning as well. And Edmonton is four points behind L.A. and six points behind Vegas with 11 games to go. So the Oilers finish strong, say, you know... 8 and 3 would be pretty good 9 and 2 would be pretty good well LA then only has to win you know 7 of 7 of their games and then they're really on well that pace now the thing is the Oilers play both those teams twice they play Vegas Saturday and then Tuesday, and then they play L.A. on March 30th and April 4th. So if they are going to catch those teams, they'd probably have to win all four of those games, certainly at least three, or, or you know, maybe you're able to catch if you if, if you sweep one of them. So that's how to look at that. Okay, we're going to go to the uh, 6.30 news and weather. Again, it is a late game tonight. They're, they're going to drop the puck around 8.52. I'll transition to the face-off show at uh, 7 o'clock. But we'll talk uh, some more Oilers playoff chances, playoff probabilities, Stanley Cup championship probabilities with the creator of moneypuck.com, Peter Tanner, coming up.